Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 70, God is my salvation. Hello, welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. Kudos to those podcast hosts that know they're going out of town and that they're able to prepare ahead of time an episode and then it's able to be released just on schedule like normal. That was not what I was able to do. But I'm back and I was able to spend a couple of weeks with my family. We traveled back down to California. That's where my family's from. That's where they all still live. And we were able to have some good times with them and to be able to spend time together, getting reacquainted with cousins. It was great. Life was good. Life is good. But you know, life can also throw you a curveball or two or 10. And the longer that I live and the more that I listen the more I realize that there's not one of us who is immune to disappointments or to the unexpected showing up. That in some form or another, we all experience pain, either personally or vicariously as we hopelessly watch others go through their personal Gethsemanes. Life can shake our faith, and it can bring us down to our knees. It can leave us questioning everything laying everything we thought that we knew out on the table and picking it up piece by piece and re-examining it. And some of us, we don't know what to do with the pieces once the puzzle has been disassembled. And some of us eventually make the puzzle pieces stronger, thicker, with more reinforcement of understanding or acceptance. And we're able to fit them back together piece by piece by piece. And I'm sure it's always been like this, but as I've matured and slowed down in my rush to grow up, I've become more aware that there's not a household that does not have some struggle of their own, something that they're battling, something that they're attempting to gain perspective on, something that they are desiring to be strong through, to see to the end, to see the light that everyone says is coming. All of these trials and tribulations, it picks at our fear. It's like there's a giant finger on our fear button and it's just holding it down and not letting up, not giving us any relief. We fear failure. We fear that we aren't good enough and that we're losing percentage points of worth, that they're slipping through our fingers. And we fear that others will notice and that they'll notice our struggles And that we'll lose their high opinions of us, which will then only take away more percentage points. Which then leads us to what we also fear. That our life isn't as it should be. That it should be better, right? We're trying our best. We're doing the best we can with what we know and what we have. Or what we've been given. I mean, those with the gospel are supposed to be happy, aren't they? We're supposed to come to earth, progress, and we have everything we need to rock it. And unfortunately, our short-sighted perspective thinks that everyone else is rocking it. 
And as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there is a lot to be happy about. There is. And I believe we do have the answers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we are not spared from the experience that each of us must go through to rid ourselves of the natural man. Oh, this process can sometimes be painful. Or the process of taking everything we learn from an intellectual or a philosophical point of view and getting real with it, digesting it, wrestling with it for quite a while sometimes, and then eventually opening the door of our hearts and letting it reside there. And often it can only reside there because we have sacrificed or adjusted in order to give it room to be in our hearts in the first place. And this too can be a process. But at that point, it has gone from religion to gospel. It has become a part of our DNA. The Lord's plan, the plan of salvation, brings us warm fuzzies when we talk about it at church when we bear testimony of it, when we talk about it within our families, and it should. But salvation means preservation or deliverance from harm, from ruin, or from loss. It means deliverance from sin and sin's consequences. In order for us to be preserved or delivered, we must experience harm, ruin, loss, sin, and sin's consequences. And the Lord has a plan to rescue us from harm, ruin, loss, and sin. It's his purpose. It's his wisdom. He knows we will need it. He isn't surprised in the least by it. There is no escaping this fact. It would actually negate the entire definition of the word salvation if we didn't have to go through this. We must learn for ourselves to distinguish between the bitter to know the sweet. And in 2 Nephi 22, it is sweet, short and sweet, but nevertheless, it is sweet. It's hymn-like. In fact, you will see references to the hymn, The Lord is My Light. And it is the praising of our friend Isaiah for who he knows the Lord to be. He boldly writes, God is my salvation. God is his deliverer. He is our preserver. The same God who created us, who upholds us, who is merciful or treats us better than we deserve, who is full of grace that enables us to do what we cannot do for ourselves. The one who is full of goodness and who is slow to anger, he is there for us. The one who is truth, who loves all of his children. He doesn't withhold from any of his children who are trying to follow him. He finds worth in all of us. And incredibly, he is unvarying. His course is one eternal round. And he is who Isaiah puts his trust in. And as he does so, as he willingly places his firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength of Jesus Christ, Isaiah says he will not be afraid. And what this says to me 
is that Isaiah is prepared to trust in God's love and his acceptance of him. And that he sees that his life is exactly as it should be. All of the mess, all of the questions, all of the ambiguity, all of that, including the joy and the love, if we choose it, it all has the potential of leading us back to God and relying on him, choosing faith over fear, trust over doubt. It does quiet that fear when we do that. It quiets that fear when we trust in the characteristics of our deliverer. Like Isaiah said, Jehovah can be our strength. He can be our song. There is joy to be found in the water out of the wells of salvation. Joy of redemption. The joy of starting over. The joy of not being alone in our burdens. And the joy that we are not our burdens. We are so much more than the tribulations in our life. There is joy in Christ's victory over the grave and the promise of reunification once again with those we spent years loving on and cultivating deep relationships with, as well as those who we ache to have an opportunity to know. That mortality stood in our way for a while, but eventually that will no longer be a barrier because Jesus Christ has risen and so shall we. There is joy in the priesthood and the power of God being in our midst. And there is joy in knowing that we have a God that communicates with us today. That he is a God of miracles. There are miracles that make everything better. And there are miracles that make us better. But a deficit, he never places us in. He doesn't. I know he doesn't. In verse 4, it starts, And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And as I read the scriptures of Isaiah, captured here by Nephi, I believe that there will come a day when through the grace of Jesus Christ, our understanding will be deepened and will be made a little more perfect than it is today. When we will see not only how he has sustained us, but how leaning on him and leaning into him has improved us. And we will praise him. We will forget our pain and we will marvel at how he made it all possible. It will then be easier to continue to praise him and to continue to call upon his name. We won't be able to get enough of it, I think. We will joyfully declare his doings in our lives. We will gather as a people and declare together all of his doings among us. And we will exalt his name. We will marvel at the excellent things he has done in our behalf. These things will cause us to cry out and shout. Can you imagine it? We, Zion, God's people, will be humble enough to see his love for what it truly is. And we will be awestruck by it. The goal of mine, the goal of ours, 
should be to not have to wait for the millennial day for such an outpouring from our souls. The goal is to find that outpouring within us today, right now, even when life doesn't make much sense. We can begin today to strive to praise Him, to call upon His name, and to declare His doings in our life. They are there. We need to look for them. And Isaiah desires us to see them. Sister Scriptorians, will you give your burden some respite and shift gears? Focus on your salvation, your preserver, your deliverer, even Jesus Christ. Even in the tiniest degree, I encourage you to find Him and then praise Him for being there. Call upon Him and then testify to others of His doings in your life. You will see an increase of your trust in Him and your fear lessen. Make it a great day.